Mens Rea is our focus, our topic of the day, and I hope I can share all this information concisely and simply because there was a lot, uh, and I hope I can organize it well enough. Uh, Mens Rea is simply defined as a guilty mind, guilty or wrongful purpose, a criminal intent. Those are the things that make up mens rea. In other words, you look into the mind of the person. What did they intend when they did an action? And you notice that this goes hand in hand with actus reus, reus, where a person slaps another person, and the person gets slapped, and that's the actus reus. Now, the mens rea is why did they slap? What was the intent? Did they know that they were going to slap? Did they intend to cause harm? Uh, did they act recklessly? Those are all words to determine whether or not there is mens rea. And mens rea has developed a lot over time. We have Regina V. Cunningham, which is in situation where um, the definition of mens rea went from more broad into a more narrow uh, more definition. So in this case, mens rea was defined as any wicked act. Even if it wasn't directly related to the incident that was caused, they had mens rea. So here, the person took a gas meter and ended up causing uh, some gas poisoning to the neighbor. Now, he didn't intend to hurt the neighbor, but the court initially said that he, there was mens rea in his action because he did a wicked thing. It was something that was wrong. The court actually overruled that trial court's uh, initial definition of wicked by saying, by interpreting it more narrowly, saying that it was a reckless action. And a reckless action is um, when you can foresee that uh, your action is going to have this effect or could possibly have this effect and you go ahead and do it anyways. In this case, because he wasn't reckless in his actions towards the victim in this case, uh, he had no mens rea enough to get to have intent, well, to be convicted. I forgot to mention one thing. I apologize for going back to this, but I think it's important. The reason why we have mens rea, it's really the justification for punishment. If you remember a while ago when we talked about the justification for punishment, whether it's retributive or utilitarian, you can punish somebody for their actions, but if you don't look into their intent, into their mens rea, and then you actually don't have any moral justification for punishing them because they could have done something in action. They could have driven onto the other side of the road and could have caused an accident, could have killed somebody, and it could have been on complete accident. And so if that's the case, you don't want to punish them because it was a complete accident. But the mens rea where if they intentionally drove onto the other side of the road intending to cause an accident, then you can punish them because they are morally wrong in that mind because of their intention. So let's go ahead and talk about intent for just a second. We have People v. Conley, which is where a person 
smacked a wine bottle at an individual, the person ducked and hit somebody else and caused a whole bunch of damage. Did he have intent to use the wine bottle to smack the other person? And yes, he did. He definitely had intent. We talked about the difference between specific intent and general intent, and this is something I don't really understand. I'll say what I wrote down, but I don't get it. Uh, So I apologize for that. Uh, Specific intent has three definitions. The last is more commonly used, but it all depends on what jurisdiction you're in. Uh, The first definition is that specific intent can be expressed in a statute or a rule. Uh, The specific intent has a higher culpability standard, which is where you look at intent or the knowledge. And then specific intent also means having a special intent. And what that means is you have a future intent attached where you go into a house with the intent to steal something, if that makes sense. So your initial action has a future intent attached. Okay, we also talked about knowledge. And we talked about three things here. Uh, The traditional common law defines knowledge as having an actual awareness of what's going on. The MPC defines knowledge as, yes, having an actual awareness, but also having a high probability of awareness that the circumstances are what they are, are the facts. And then finally, you have a federal provision for federal courts only. That includes deliberate ignorance, and if you are deliberately ignorant of knowledge, meaning there could be a probability, but you don't investigate it at all, well, then you also have knowledge. And why is intent and knowledge important? Well, it's because of mens rea. Uh, There are statutes that all have mens rea, and they all have uh, actus reus. You need to meet both. So the actus reus can be there, but the intent and the knowledge are examples of mens rea. So it's important for us to define intent, and it's important for us to define knowledge, because if we understand what the statute is saying, well, then we know how to meet those elements. I think that's everything. I didn't say it as clearly as I could have. Uh, It's fairly clear in my mind, except for when it comes to uh, defining specific intent. Uh, But that's something I'm going to have to explore more in the future. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro, and you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is, if it is used as legal advice, 
we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.